This is Liz. And this is Sharon. And you're listening to Unrefined She. The well-being podcast for women like you who want to explore your health, claim your space, question norms, and live your best lives. Hosted weekly by entrepreneurs and women's health experts, Liz Winters and Sharon Bailey. As always, please keep in mind that the information shared on this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. And now, let's dive in. Hey y'all, Sharon here. Today I have the honor of interviewing Dr. Shannon Curtis, who is a naturopathic doctor based in the Boulder, Colorado area. And I invited Shannon on the show a number of months ago because I am, well, one, a mutual friend introduced us, but I really found her content on Instagram and her, um, her blog to be so tangible and um, really useful in so many ways. And I thought, you know, I bet she has a ton of information that she can bring to y'all, to this audience and this community. So I asked her on the show and sure enough, she delivered. We had a great big conversation about a lot of different things, but we covered skin and skin health in the changing of the seasons and some ways to nourish your body and being especially the skin. So there's a little bit of something for everybody and a whole lot of things for everybody as well. (laughs) And I really hope you enjoy this episode. But before we dive in, I just want to tell you a little bit about Shannon. So Shannon Curtis is a registered naturopathic doctor, herbalist, and holistic women's health practitioner. She views symptoms as the body's attempt to communicate when it is imbalanced and believes that the body, like nature, is wise and will heal itself when given the right conditions. Her passion is helping people reconnect to nature and to themselves so that they can reclaim health and vitality, experience more energy and joy, and feel more engaged with their life. Shannon is based in Boulder and we will link her, um, the clinic that she is involved with uh, in the show notes. But you can also catch her on her own website, wildrootsalchemy.com, also linked in the show notes, uh, where she can do vo- virtual consults worldwide. And it's a for anything like women's health related issues, acne, menstrual issues, post birth control symptoms. You name it, she's got a background in it if if it's uh, you know, women's health oriented. So jump on her website, go check her out on Instagram at Dr. Shannon, Dr. Shannon Curtis, and enjoy the episode. And then when it's over, let us know what you think. Uh, write us a review. Make sure you're subscribed so you get more episodes like this. Share it with your friends. Like if you're listening and something pops up for you, you're like, oh, dang, I know somebody who has this issue. Uh, Send this episode on to them, please, and share the good word. And thanks for your time. And I hope you enjoy the show. This episode of Unrefined She is brought to you by our friends at Primally Pure. Try quality skincare that's organic with ingredients thoughtfully sourced that you can pronounce at primallypure.com. Use code unrefined10 for 10% off your first purchase. That's primallypure.com. Use code unrefined10. All right. Welcome everybody and welcome Dr. Shannon Curtis to the show. Shannon, it's so nice to have you. It's so nice to be here. It's so nice to yeah. meet you finally. I know we've been talking for a while on Instagram, but so nice to be here, see your face, meet you, talk with you today. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, likewise. So our dear friend, Mary Brown, we're going to give you a shout out. Mary Brown <laughs> introduced us a couple of months ago. She's like, hey, you got to meet my friend Shannon. She just moved to Colorado. And I was like, oh, rad. So I reached out to Shannon and I was like, hey, it's really nice to meet you. Where do you live? And it turns out she lives in the same tiny little town that my in-laws live in on the front range. And uh, so it's been really nice to connect with Shannon and um, watching you just you know, become a Coloradan (laughs) Um, and dive into your practice and everything. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself 
and uh, you know they they got the they got the intro, but just give us a little rundown on who you are. Yeah, so I'm a naturopathic doctor, herbalist, and holistic women's health practitioner. I uh, currently just opened a practice in Boulder um, during 2020. I know a crazy time to do Great it. Great timing. Uh-huh. <laughs> At the same time, I also launched an online business called Wild Roots Alchemy, where I, you know, work a lot with helping women reconnect to nature, reconnect with themselves, and heal like their menstrual issues, hormonal issues, skincare issues, and uh, I offer virtual consults online. I hope, oh, fingers crossed, to soon to launch um, an online acne e-course, um, specifically oh, utilizing plant medicine and you know, not, uh, reconnecting to nature to heal the skin. So that's what I've been up to lately. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Your blog is great. I mean, you have so many like usable, like tangible things that I feel like um, any person could utilize. Oh, Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. I try to make it really, um, approachable, but really related to my theme, which is all about like our alignment, our connection to nature. Oh, I love that. Well, so we start every podcast episode, um, with a little icebreaker called what's cooking in your kitchen. And it can be, you know, in your actual kitchen or the kitchen of life. So what's cooking in your kitchen this week? Well, I mean, I'll talk about my actual kitchen because there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. I love cooking and I love playing around with foods. And actually, this time of year is one of my favorite times to play around in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give a shout out to um, my local CSA, uh, Aspen Moon Farm in Long. Oh, I love them. Oh, they're they're fantastic. (laughs) Biodynamic. Every week Uh it's like best value. We are right now we're getting a ton of squash and root vegetables, which Mm. are just so perfect for this time of year. You know, those hearty nutrient dense foods. I I, I actually got a kohlrabi last week and I am ashamed to say as a naturopathic doctor, I've never cooked with kohlrabi before, (laughs) but Uh I did and it was delicious and amazing. So I've been, you know, playing around with different roasted roots, um, soups, stews, bone broth is like a staple. Um, and we've switched our breakfast to be, I don't know if you've ever had congee before, mm-hmm. um, but congee is, is a staple during the fall winter months for, oh, for my yeah. husband and I. And we just eat that every morning, load it up with tons of good fats and good foods, mushrooms, and trying to stay grounded, right? Especially yeah. this year. Yeah. Okay. So for the listeners who don't know, can you tell them what congee is? Oh yeah. So congee is a rice porridge and it's, you know, traditional Chinese medicine based, but it, you can cook it a variety of ways. We use, you know, white or brown rice, put it in our instant pot, add the bone broth or the chicken stock, whatever. Um, you can add chicken, you can add any vegetables, greens, mushrooms, throw it in. We add soy sauce, sriracha, you know, things to warm it up. Mm. Um, but it's just this really nice nutrient dense, savory, warm breakfast. Yum. Oh, it's so good. Awesome. Well, we are really focusing on pumpkin this week in my kitchen. Oh, yum. <laughs> um, so good. Yeah, we had, I told my husband that I really wanted, like we have a little farmlet here in Paonia and I told him I really wanted a, a pumpkin patch this year. And he was like, yeah, okay, great. And I think he maybe planted like one or two pumpkin plants, but we had like 15 volunteer pumpkin plants. And I think, oh you know, gosh. like our, our the land just heard me and was like, I got you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> giving you all the pumpkins All you the want. pumpkins. So I've got like tons of pie pumpkins. They're just like all over the house. And uh, so I've just been like baking all kinds of pumpkin stuff and Mm-hmm. pumpkin pie, pumpkin bread, you name it. I've been like pumpkin in and up. So. Oh, I know. I, I, some people say it is, but I don't think so. Pumpkin is not overrated. It is no. perfectly rated. Perfectly it delicious. Is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. We went, I went to this, um, we have a little pop-up bakery here and, um, they, uh, every Friday they do like a little pop-up bakery and they did, uh, pumpkin sourdough cinnamon rolls and Ooh. pumpkin turnovers, which I can, neither of them are gluten free. So like I'm just taking little nibbles, but they it's so good. But they grow all their own pumpkins that they use in their stuff. And I'm like, you know, when you get to the point where you're like growing your own or you have mm-hmm. you like make a pumpkin thing out of an actual pumpkin, like you just can't go back to pumpkin in a can. You really can't. Yeah, I know. And I, I think know. that's it's like so the. Tr- I think that's like the overrated aspect is that people are just like eating pumpkin out of a can and it's like, Mm -hmm. well, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And you know, to those of you out there who have to eat pumpkin in a can, like I feel you. Okay. But if you get the opportunity to get a pie pumpkin and make a pumpkin dish out of that Mm -hmm. pie pumpkin, it will change your life. (laughs) 
That's so good. I know. I I don't have a farm or a garden right in my little apartment, but mm -hmm. you know, from our CSA, we do get those little sugar pie pumpkins, and oh, oh my yes, god, they're so good. They're we got so a few right good. now. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's awesome. Um, sweet. Well, before we dive in, because oh man, we have a lot of really good stuff to talk about today. Um, let's just hear from our sponsors, Rock and Roots. And this is where the ad goes. <laughs> hey there, listeners. Sharon here. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock and Roots Farm. If you have listened to any episode with me, you know how much I love CBD. I literally put it on everything. I am that CBD mom. I have also seen CBD help so many of my clients with pain, anxiety, period cramps, and even mild depression. Liz and I personally use CBD in our daily lives, and that is why we are honored and excited to have Rock and Roots Farm sponsor Unrefined She. Rock and Roots is a family-run farm and herbal medicine brand. John and Candace, the farmers and product makers at Rock and Roots, pride themselves on using regenerative agriculture while growing beyond organic hemp and vegetables. They are deeply invested in supporting their community through education programs on the farm and pay-what-you-can vegetable stands during growing season all while creating affordable CBD and herbal products. Looking for a sustainable gift this holiday season? Spread a little CBD love. Liz and I are giving CBD to clients, family, and friends this year because it really is the perfect gift for just about anyone with price points to fit all budgets. We love Rockin' Roots and we know you will too. Shop their CBD and herbal product lines at www.rockinrootsfarm.com. That's rock the letter in rootsfarm.com and select unrefined she from the drop down menu as your affiliate at checkout. Okay, so Shannon, Dr. Curtis, I feel like if I went through the everything that it takes to become a doctor, I would be like, no, it's it's doctor. <laughs> I like Shannon, totally fine with Shannon. Okay. <laughs> I know. It makes me feel better. Um, did you ever... Okay, sorry. Side note. Did you ever watch um, the D Marvel movie, Doctor Strange? No, I didn't. No. Okay. I haven't. Okay, so no. uh, Benedict Cumberbatch plays Doctor Strange, and he, like, he's a doctor, and, and, and then he, like has this horrible accident and he can't use his hands anymore. So then he becomes a wizard of all things. And he's like, he just keeps correcting people. He's like, no, it's doctor. And they're like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So anyway, like once a doctor, always a doctor. Anyway, side note. I like wizard too. I could go with like wizard Shannon. That kind of. Dr. Kinda... Wizard Shannon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Some totally. of what I do seems like it. So. <laughs> oh man. So Shannon, um, Let's hear your origin story. Speaking of Marvel comics, like let's hear, I always love the origin stories. So like, how did you get from here to now? Because I know you did a stint in, in as a midwifery apprentice and mm -hmm. as a doula and then naturopathic medicine and herbal medicine, all the things. So just give us the whole lowdown. How did you get here? Okay. I'm going to try to do this succinctly and not wind all over the place. So. Well, we wind all over the place in this podcast. That's, so That's totally fine. Yeah. It is a long journey, right? Because every, right? every year, you know, you discover more about yourself and, and growth happens in this winding path. It's never linear like we think it's going to be. No, absolutely um, not. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the standard American family loved my family, perfectly supportive family. Um, but I, you know, didn't know there were any alternatives to conventional medicine. I mean, I took antibiotics every mm -hmm. time I was ill. I took ibuprofen for every, like I, that was just kind of mm -hmm. what I grew up with. And then when I was like, you know, 17, I went on the um, birth control pill to quote unquote, manage my, my menses. They were heavy and all over the place. And um, soon after going on the birth control pill, you know, I started developing all these side effects that I had no idea, like I'd never been informed that the birth control pill could possibly cause, you know, anything other than like just regulating your menses. But I started developing panic attacks and depression and I, I just, my whole personality shifted. And of course, at the time it was like, oh, you're, you're a teenager, right? You're a teenager. Right. So uh -huh. that must be it. Uh -huh. But, you know, I, I, I went on different medications, like tons of, you know, antidepressants and mood stable and just things to try to figure out like what's going on with my body and developing other physical side effects that then I went on medications for. And I was probably in my early twenties when I was like talking to my grandma and, you know, we were kind of comparing medications and I realized, wow, I'm taking more medications than my 84 year old grandma. Holy crap. Oh my and God. And I, 
I know. And so I kind of just had this aha moment that like, do I, as a 20, what was I 21 at the time, 22, do I really need to be on all of these drugs? Like, am I going to be on these for the rest of my life? And so I was just, you know, suddenly aware that this is not how I want to live my life. And there has to be a deeper reason. And at the time, you know, I had friends that were, you know, interested in herbal medicine and all kinds of herbal medicine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I started learning about, you know, maybe I could, you know, substitute this herb for this drug, you know, that kind of mentality, which of course I'm, I, I think broader than that now, but at the time I was like, there has to be an alternative. I started learning more about herbal medicine. I started going to my local herb shop in Flagstaff, Arizona and talking to the herbalist there and just trying to soak up as much information as I could. Eventually I was pointed in the direction of like trying out a naturopathic doctor. So I went to this local naturopath and told her, I was like, I want off all my medications. So I slowly, you know, weaned off all of them with her help, started making nutritional changes, transforming my self-care, my life, instituting herbs and, and all these wonderful things. And I realized like, wow, I feel better than I ever had in years and I'm not taking anything. Mm. Um, so that was an incredible turning point to me. And, um, you know, about three months after I stopped birth control, like soon when I started working with her, all of a sudden it was like night and day. I I'd never had any sort of issues with my skin before, but I broke out in severe cystic acne all over my face, my neck, my chest, my back. And that was devastating because I was like, oh my gosh, I finally get off all these meds. I felt really good. And then three months later, I'm like, bam, here's this new thing. Mm. So, you know, when I started working with the acne with my naturopathic doctor and, you know, going into um, naturopathic school, which I did soon after I started realizing like, you know, there's more to it than just healing the physical. I started realizing the psycho-emotional component behind some of my symptoms. And, you know, we can get into more of that later, but ultimately that's, you know, how I healed my acne. But during this whole process, I was, uh, when I was seeing this naturopathic doctor in Flagstaff, I was working in a microbiology lab. I was studying MRSA, you know, the lab next to me was studying anthrax. Like I was very much like in this bubble of conventional medical research. And I wanted to go get my PhD in immunology. I even had gone to schools and was, you know, about to start interviewing. And then I just had this epiphany, like, oh my gosh, like if I go this route, I'll be studying the things that I wanted so desperately to get off of. And I wanted to help people see the alternatives because it helped me out so much. So that's when I started researching naturopathic schools and just decided to go 180 and um, apply for naturopathic medical school. Oh my gosh. So I have to say the images that you've posted on Instagram of your cystic acne are mind boggling Mm. because I can only imagine like what that felt like, like one, the, just the identity shifting around, you know, becoming somebody from somebody who's been on medications for so long to then not being on medications. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden having this whole shift of, of how you're physically presented to the world. I know that like when I work with people who have a lot of acne, it's, it's, it really creates such, uh, like barriers and identity, you know, Mm -hmm. and like how we communicate with other people. And like, what was that experience like for you just to all of a sudden have like cystic acne all over? I mean, it was like face, chest, like you said, back everywhere. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I, I, it was a huge shift. I mean, I was, after I stopped my medications, I was so excited with all this newfound energy. The brain fog was gone. You know, I felt my mood was better and I felt so good about myself. And then when this happened literally overnight, I, I was, I was devastated, right? I was devastated. I felt like my body betrayed me. I was like, I'm healing you. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? Uh And what I didn't see at the time was that that was part of the healing. Like Mm -hmm. that was the healing reaction. My body was doing all it could and working so hard for me. And in its beautiful wisdom, it decided to get the crap out of my body rather than drive it deeper into my organs. And so... And it it caused me to also address those deeper layers of my being that for so long had, you know, left me trapped in abusive relationships, Mm. had left me not respecting my boundaries, had left me not accepting and loving myself um, because I realized with the acne, oh my gosh, I don't love myself. Like I can't look in the mirror, like my very, you know, the mirror makes me want to cry. Like Mm -hmm. I, I can't accept myself with my acne, but it made me see like, I didn't accept myself before the acne either. Right. You know, so, so it was this big, it was this big mental shift having to learn how to accept myself with the acne 
um, and changed my whole belief system around what I was allowing in and out of my life um, in order to have that, that paradigm shift to have the real healing. But mm. it was a great teacher, that acne was a great teacher, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, the body is always trying to be its best self and mm -hmm. everything, you know, as a naturopath, you know, this, like every single sensation, everything that shows up is just a message from our body that we're receiving. Yes. And it's like, whether or not we can read it or understand it. And then, uh -huh. and then like peel the onion back. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, that's perfect. That's a perfect description. I always say that like every single symptom that you have, like the body, your body can't communicate in words. It can't say, my thyroid's out of balance or, you know, right. my stomach <laughs> needs some help. Like it's going to give you symptoms to communicate, like, you know, you need to fix this. This needs mm -hmm. to change. But then on the flip side of that, those symptoms are part of the healing process. It's your mm -hmm. body reestablishing, you know, homeostasis and balance. And yeah, it's, it's, it's important to, to listen to your body wants you to listen. Right. Yeah. And then if you don't, it'll just keep talking louder and louder, louder and louder. <laughs> exactly. And it gets so loud and so up in your face and then you're just like, oh, <laughs> fine. Okay. What the hell? Exactly. And that was the acne. You know, when it's yes. right on your face, you can't ignore it. You have to face it. Literally mm -hmm. face it. Literally face it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So can you um, just maybe shed a little light on what a naturopath is for those who don't know or who think they know, but maybe they don't? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great question. So there's different natural past, you know, all across the country, we have, you know, these traditional naturopaths or ones that have a different sort of training versus the ones that are registered or licensed. And I'm a, mm -hmm. a registered in Colorado or licensed um, elsewhere naturopathic doctor. And that means we went through four years of training. We had the conventional biomedical science training, learning about clinical diagnosis and standard of care conventional treatment, while also learning our naturopathic modalities. And so all of those naturopathic modalities include, um, you know, optimal nutrition, you know, lifestyle techniques and interventions, um, really learning herbal medicine, homeopathy, um, and then a variety of like naturopathic tools or natural tools to be able to, um, you know, restore balance in the body and really address the root cause. Cause that's what we're all about. We're all about using the most um, gentle, least invasive method to restore um, balance and health in the body while addressing the root cause and not just covering up symptoms with a bandaid, which unfortunately most uh, pharmaceutical drugs and conventional approaches are that band-aid mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah great and can you clarify what homeopathy is for me sure i'd be happy to it's great. one of those things that's kind of like even when i clarify it it's still kind of like oh what does that mean yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> but um it is it is like akin to magic to me but i use homeopathy all the time mm -hmm. i find it to be just a really gentle supportive therapy that has absolutely zero contraindications like zero interactions with any other herbs or supplements or drugs um but homeopathy is taking a diluted form of the substance. And sometimes that substance is so diluted that it's like beyond what we call Avogadro's numbers. So there's like no molecules of that substance actually left in the, um, the tincture or the preparation that you're taking. But what it does, it's, it's working on giving your body a message. So there's research around the fourth phase of water and it's kind of up and coming. I think who does this research? Maybe I can send it to you, but um, Dr. Polak does a lot of research with the fourth phase of water. So we have like liquid gas and solid, but then there's also this in-between gel-like state that matches the crystalline structure like or the gel-like structure within your cells. And what homeopathy does or what's believed to do is to act on this fourth phase of water communicating to your cells and your cellular network um, in a way that doesn't require physiological doses of the substance. Mm. So in that case, a lot of what homeopathy is, is like like treats like. So if a substance creates in, in physiological doses, if it creates these um, signs or symptoms in your body, if you take it in a homeopathic or diluted dose, it treats those same signs. It kind of like gives the message to your body to like bring it out of that pattern. So I know that sometimes doesn't make much sense, but I hope let clarify a little bit. So is it kind of like, like essentially you get the essence of like, as opposed to taking a tincture of something, uh -huh. you, you know, where it's like, it is causing the physical reaction with the homeopathy. It's the essence is telling your body to create that reaction instead yeah, it's telling you, it's giving your body a message to bring it back in balance and say, like, look, here, take this, you know, we're going to bring this pattern out of your body and restore balance. So mm. um, that's a lot of what homeopath, um, homeopathy does. There's other kind of uses and indications, but that's, yeah, that's kind of the essence of it. That's kind of that. Yeah. 
Um, and then can you talk a little bit? So you, so I want to bring it back. So you went through this journey, you enrolled in naturopathic medicine school, Mm -hmm. um, somewhere in there, you were doing some like midwifery training. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. And then like up until now. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Yeah, I love to talk more about that. Um, so soon into my naturopathic medical school journey, I really was like, I, I got interested in like, you know, women's health. Like I really wanted to work with women of all kinds, all types, all, you know, places and people. And I wanted to, um, because I, I myself had all this, a lot of the same issues. And so I wanted to be able to help all kinds of women. And I felt like to really understand, you know, women from like, you know, prenatal birth, like conception all the way till, you know, the end of life, I needed to understand what the birth process was like. I had never seen a birth before, you know, most cultures get to witness multiple births before they have their own. I had never seen any births. I had no idea there were other options besides having a baby in a hospital. You know, I think a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. Um, So I first became a doula. And so I I, I learned how to support women in labor. I learned how to support, um, you know, being able to be there emotionally and physically. And then I was like, well, you know, I'm going to do the natural childbirth track in in our program. And so I started becoming an apprentice for a local midwife and attending home births. And oh my goodness, that was just an incredible journey to be able to witness all kinds of births and, you know, all these people, all their reactions to births were entirely different. The settings were all different. The, the length of time, how it happened, you know, positions, this, that, like everything about it was so unique. And so like, so just so incredible. I just started to see like the wisdom of the body even more. So like, I already was beginning to really feel like the body's so wise, like the body knows what it's doing, but in birth, it's like, I just, I just felt this other spirit, this other force come in and be like, this is, you know, the wisdom is here. This Mm -hmm. transformation is happening. And some other, some other power comes over, you know, a woman, a person giving birth that is just incredible to watch that transformation. And, um, I was lucky to see a couple of water births too, which Mm. always blew my mind because I I thought, you know, oh my gosh, a baby comes out in the water. It's going to choke. Like what's going to happen, right? right? Uh But just to be able to see this magical transition, like through the water, like the baby still thinks it's in the womb and then comes out and it's just this like, it's, it's, it's not this harsh transition. And um, those births for me were some of the most beautiful, but they're all beautiful in their own way. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. I, when, as somebody who's been on call for a number of years in a row until Uh (laughs) this past year, what was that like going through school? I mean, this conversation is taking a totally different direction than what we did, but I I love it. So (laughs) what was that like going through your, your program and Mm -hmm. also being on call? Cause like, you never know when you're just going to have to drop everything and be gone for 48 hours. Yeah. That's why I'm not a midwife right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was hard. And I mean, they, though the midwives that I worked with, I worked with a few different ones, but, um, all of them had like this grit, like this determination, like they were just like fierce powerhouses and, and doulas too, like, of being able to sit through like an incredible, like when on the precipice in life and death, literally like mm-hmm. that transformational, deep, 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 you know, place. And you have to have grit to sit through that. And I will say that I have a different type of grit. I don't think I have the grit to, to navigate all those bursts and all of the things that go on because it's just like, you know, boom, boom, bam, like anything could happen. You know, you got to be quick. You got to know exactly what you're doing um, and then hold that powerful space too. But yeah, I, I, rem- I would, most of the time, I feel like they were always calls around three or four in the morning. <laughs> always <laughs> no it's it, uh-huh. when it was always a day when like I would have a test or something or uh-huh. yeah so uh-huh. um but yeah going and 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 having to leave in the middle of the night and drive two hours to get to a birth finding that oh she already delivered herself in her bed because you know it took us two hours to get there uh-huh. <laughs> or you know coming into a birth and and realizing uh, and then having that birth like either you know take two hours or maybe it took 36 hours so mm-hmm. you never kind of knew how much time you would be dedicating um sometimes like you know, one midwife would have two patients, two clients go into labor at the same mm-hmm. time. And so kind of going back and forth, it was just, it's, uh, it's, you never know what to expect. There's always variables. It's never, never looks the same twice. Um, so, you know, that's it, incredible, but yeah, it was very, it was very stressful. It's taxing. even just as the apprentice. Totally. It's super taxing on the nervous system. And you really hit on a point there, like the grit of birth 
folks. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's it's intense, man. Like they really put the grit and integrity, you know. It's like you I just know. have to like I I watch um people that I've worked with, midwives and other doulas, my my past colleague that I would work that I would do births with and just, you know, they could just like live on air for days. Yeah. Yeah. And I am not that person. I would pack no. literally an entire like duffel bag full of food because I'm like, I need to have good food. I want to have coffee, yep. like all the things, you know, that. And then I'm like, I need to go take a nap. Like I just it, for me, the intensity and then, you know, as a doula, often the midwives that I would work with would kind of sit back, you know, they'd sit back and let birth happen. And that's mm-hmm. where I would step in and like, you know, be the support and I would just watch them and they would just like, they would be sitting, they would, you know, taking vitals, they're watching. I mean, they're, it's not like they're just going and checking out, but they're sitting back, sitting back, sitting back. And then when, when like the ring of fire is happening, you know, uh-huh. when baby's crowning, all of a sudden it's like, you know, the veils between the heavens and the earths are lifted and, and like, you know, this the birthing person is just in full primal place and like here mm-hmm. come the midwife swooping in and they're just like holding life and death and balance, you yeah. know, and it's like all in just a few minutes or sometimes a couple hours, mm-hmm. but <laughs> depending on pushing, <laughs> you know, um, and I would just sit there and watch them. And, and for the longest time, I thought I wanted to be a midwife. And finally mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't have it in me to hold that mm. responsibility in my hands. Like that is so intense. <laughs> yes. It definitely takes a special type of person to mm-hmm. be a midwife. And mm-hmm. what they do is tough work. Like there is an intense presence. Like, yeah, you, you're right. You could be kind of sitting there for hours and you're present and you're focused and you're doing it. But when that time comes, it's like an intensity and you need to be like on it. Mm. And yeah, I, I give that my cats off to midwives. Like that is a tough yes. job. It is that a is tough a tough job. job. And that is why. I'm not a midwife, but yeah, it takes a very special kind of person. Yeah. 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 If y'all out there thinking about hiring a midwife, like whatever she's asking for, pay it because (laughs) she will earn every cent. Absolutely. (laughs) She's probably undercharging you. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So, so now we're in the present. Let's talk Uh about you, you know, you've moved to Colorado. You're, you're creating this practice here. You're partnered up with, is it, Tell, tell us a little bit about your practice here and then your work with hormonal health and, and acne, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have a clinic that we just opened in June actually in Boulder called Whole Systems Healthcare um, Boulder Clinic. It's part of a larger nonprofit that's um, dedicated towards creating the first, hopefully countrywide uh, integrative healthcare system that is affordable and accessible to all. That is the end goal. So right now we have about five, five clinics um, all over the country in Portland, Seattle, um, Austin, and Baltimore, as well as Boulder. But yeah, so we, my husband and I started up this local clinic and we see all kinds of people for everything we, I mean, we offer naturopathic medicine. He's also an acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner. I myself um, offer pelvic floor therapy, my abdominal massage. So I work a lot um, with like wound care, right? And working on pelvic floor issues, working on um, the uterus and uh, any sort of menstrual conditions that might be going on, working on kind of tapping in, grounding into that space um, Mm. that I find a lot of people are disconnected with. So that's a lot of my work. Um, Also, of course, the acne component. Um, I've been realizing I kind of didn't mean to go down that route, but given my history and my own experience, um, I've been attracting a lot of patients and clients that have hormonal acne, especially post-birth control acne. So that's kind of my jam. I really love focusing on those. And, um, you know, every naturopathic doctor practices rather differently, especially depending on the state that they're in. Um, But I, I, you know, focus a lot on those vitalist principles that the body knows how to heal itself. So I use very very, um, very gentle therapies, herbal medicine, homeopathy, biotherapeutic drainage, um, you know, of, of course, as well as like nutrition and everything to optimize the body and, and, um, rebalance hormones and everything. Well, so that sounds amazing. I mean, you're offering so many things. I didn't realize that your husband was also a practitioner. That's yes. really cool. Did y'all yeah, meet in school? Dynamic duo. Yeah, we did actually. The very first term um, started dating six weeks in. So that happens. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, and, and you said you named off all the different cities that it's in. So, people, if they're listening and they're kind of mm-hmm. in that area, in one of those areas, they can, you, but you do telehealth, right? I do. Yeah. I offer virtual consults and okay. um, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
through okay, Wild cool. Roots Alchemy. So different, a different business. Different yes, business. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Wow. That is so amazing. Man, you are busy. <laughs> Yeah, we are. It's like this weird busy. All of a sudden we'll become really busy and have these stretches of slowness, just depending on where the business growth is and everything. But um, yeah, we are, we're pretty busy right now, which is a lot of fun. I love that. That's so great. So talk to me a little bit about the work that you're doing with acne and hormonal health. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I love working with acne. I think that is um, just something that you can really transform someone. And I think it's a really, um, big motivating factor for people too, because when I, I know when I had acne, I was willing to do pretty much anything to mm-hmm. clear my skin. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I was like, I'm just going to go in Accutane because I can't handle this anymore, you know? Right. Um, but I knew, I knew the Accutane, like even then before I, I knew all about, you know, everything, the ins and outs of natural medicine, I knew I was like, no, I really, I got off my meds. I really want to do this without medications. And so, you know, I really want to be able to offer that to people people too. And so, um, I do say I work primarily with women because I, I work with post-birth control acne a lot, and that's actually incredibly common. I would say, you know, probably, I don't know. I don't want to scare anyone that's on birth control and is, is scared of getting off of it, but I do say that it is common, probably about 75%, maybe even more of, you know, the women who discontinue birth control develop some sort of acne. And for some, it's very severe um, for a number of reasons, but uh, hormonal imbalance is, is part of that. Um, and so when I work with people with hormonal imbalances or acne, yeah, I'm working on that hormonal system. I'm working on addressing any sort of imbalances post birth control. You know, estrogen dominance tends to be a main one for a number of reasons because birth control pills just loaded with xeno or artificial estrogens. But then, yeah, I'm also addressing and working on nervous system component. And then a big part of my um, practice and approach to hormonal health and skin health is working on what's what we call the amunctories or the organs of elimination. So things like your liver, your kidneys, your large intestine, your lungs, your lymph, and even your skin. Your skin's the largest organ of detoxification. Working on optimizing those functions and um, getting getting things moving through those organs so that whatever your body needs to express isn't coming out your skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have some really great blog posts on those. Can you say that word again? Because I'm like trying to sound it out. <laughs> yeah, um, it's called amunctories. And I usually just say organs of elimination because gotcha. that, that makes more sense. People are like, what are amunctories? But um, organs of elimination. So the organs in your body that are responsible for moving, like metabolizing and moving through toxins. And I say toxins. And for some people that brings up like a, that's kind of woo, like toxins, but our body actually naturally produces toxins like cellular waste Mm. or cells metabolize, you know, nutrients and all these things. And we have waste products that need to come out. That's why we pee. That's why we poop. That's why we breathe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, not only do we have those natural byproducts of our metabolism, but then of course, everything we're taking in from our environment also needs to be metabolized. And so our bodies in this day and age, just they're overburdened when it comes to our organs of elimination. Totally. Well, we dabble in the woo here. So I love it. Especially when the, when the woo is actually based in science and we're like, (laughs) totally, I know I have to remind people of that. Cause like, I fully believe it, you know, just kind of have to kind of bring people with me when I talk about those types of things. Right. Like there's some woo out there. That's like, okay. You know, it's it's a little more faith-based if you will. Like you have to have faith that what you're saying is accurate, you know, even if you feel it within, but the facts, yeah. (laughs) The fact that there are actually detoxification pathways in the liver, that's a fact. Yeah, that's it's, that's a, one of its main job. It's like its main job, basically, right? Totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> oh man, that's so great. So, um, so let's talk about like change in the season, right? Like mm-hmm. we're coming up to winter, and especially like here in Colorado. But like, I mean, you've lived in Oregon. I've lived in the South. You've lived in Arizona. Like for every place that we've been, there's always things that come up with the skin in the change of the season for whatever it is yeah. that the season is bringing you. So. Can you talk a little bit about that and, you know, ways that we can like nourish the body, the skin, you know, just kind of care for ourselves moving forward, encourage the, you know, detox pathways, like we're moving into this time of like, even though the Mm. earth is asking us to be very quiet and still, we're moving into this like, I mean, in 2020 version of like, let's get out in the world and like consume and, you know, whatever. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that or a lot Isn't about that, that? You know, it's interesting <laughs> that you bring that up because it, it is true. This like consumerism tendency happens during a time 
when, you know, we're actually meant to kind of come inward and preserve. So it's very interesting that, that we've as a society elected to do that during this like preservation time. But um, yeah, I, I, I love talking about this. I feel like, you know, the, the most optimal way to achieve health is by reconnecting to nature and a big part of that is aligning to nature's cycles and seasons. And, you know, we're so in tune with that as, as living beings, we have our own inner cycles and scenes our seasons, you know, just take a take a look at our hormones and what they're doing from any mm -hmm. given time. But yeah, so, so winter, as we go into winter, it's all about this um, kind of collapsing or this drawing inward, this contraction. We have the, the start of spring, which is the start of expansion, right? And then after this fiery, you know, summer is all about like being extroverted and you want to be out and engage and, you know, the sunshine, soak it up, be active. And then fall, we kind of have this like letting go, like the leaves start to change. We start to um, harvest what we reaped or what we planted in the springtime. And so we nourish ourselves with everything that we, we grew throughout the spring and summer. And then as we go into winter, there's this kind of like complete drawing inward into stillness. And we see that reflected in the earth with, you know, the, the, the leaves had fallen, maybe there's snow on the ground. So that maybe that really quiets the earth. The animals are hibernating. Like there's just all of these signals and signs from nature as the days get shorter and, and, and darker and colder to just draw inward and tend to that inner fire um, because we still need warmth in our body, but to tend to that inner fire and rest, relax and release. Mm -hmm. um, so part of, you know, self-care for the whole body and for, um, the skin is just aligning to that wisdom of the earth of understanding that this is a time to, to go inward and reflect and whatever self-care practices that looks like, whether it's taking time every day to have alone time and meditate or, you know, reflect in some capacity, whether that's journaling or, uh, you know, all of that. Um, but it's really important for this time to, to, to stay warm. I'm going to say that over and over again, just because I know it sounds super obvious, but by stay warm, I mean, cover your feet, you know, cover your feet with, with thick socks, wear slippers, cover the nape of your neck, especially in Chinese medicine. They think that's mm -hmm. where a lot of like cold wind gets in. Um, and then wear, wear a hat, like keep all those where you have a lot of heat loss, keep them all warm to keep that inner warmth in your body because naturally it tends to want to go out. And the winter time is this, you know, cold, dry time. And so we want to be doing anything in our daily life or self-care practices to balance out that cold, dry tendency. Um, so you know, another self-care practice that could be really good is to, as we were talking about earlier, eating really nourishing foods, really grounding foods, like roots are all over the place right now, right now, squash, mm -hmm. um, bone broth, which is also really good for the skin, having those nutrient dense soups, um, you know, just making sure that what you're eating is very nourishing, anything like, you know, lots of processed sugar, you know, alcohol, a lot of those things are not going to tend to that inner fire and are going to burn through your resources and make your immune system more prone to, um, you know, make your body more prone to uh, colds and flus and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a, a couple other self-care practices, of course, sleep is really important. Sleeping, um, following the cycles of the earth. So trying to, you know, shut off devices when the sun goes down, go to sleep at a good time, like nine o'clock, even if you can waking up when the sun comes up around six, like that would be ideal in a perfect world. Um, that'll sustain your health and help with all aspects of your body. And then, you know, just trying to do your best to stay active and have some sort of inner fire, despite the cold that's outside. So whether that's, you know, just doing some gentle movement, nothing too extreme during the winter months, but maybe some Tai Chi or yoga or whatever that is, but that's, those are just some like general winter self-care practices. And we can dive more into specifics for skincare too, if, if you like. Yeah. So I just want to go back. So y'all who listen to this podcast, did you just hear what she said? <laughs> <laughs> because we talk on here a lot about like, this is my jam, like mm -hmm. the seasons, how our bodies are, body is moving through the season, especially as a homesteader. Like I watch it, you know, on a deep, deep oh, level. Yeah. And, and I, and I talk about, I swear, like I talk about this so much that I, I know people are out there like either like, yes, or they're like rolling their eyes, like, yeah, Sharon, we get it. So yeah. I love that y'all, I didn't tell her to say that. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's the wisdom of the earth is in our bodies. Like mm -hmm. if you look just even at food alone, you know, like mm -hmm. you were saying the roots right now, everything's in the roots, right? All the, the energy from the plants have moved down into their roots. Mm -hmm. that's the food that's being produced. That is what we are supposed to be nourishing. Right. Yes. And, and it's like, 
like I like to say that, you know, the earth inhales and exhales and the end of the exhale and the beginning of the new inhale begins on winter solstice. And then, you know, the top of the inhale and then the turning into the exhale is on summer solstice, right? And so like right now we're moving into this place of just, I mean, think of the bottom of the deepest exhale you've ever had. Mm -hmm. That's where the earth is right now. And it's, I I call Mm -hmm. it inhale, exhale. And I think a lot of people do just because of a lack of a better term. Like it's, inhaling and exhaling in its own earth-like way. Yeah, <laughs> but, I love it. But yeah, but it's like energetically moving up and moving down. And so, you know, the fact that we're being asked as a culture to mm-hmm. expand, to connect um, I- I- during this time when our energy resources are extremely limited, i.e. the bottom of an exhale, you know, Uh all we're thinking about is like, how do I nourish myself to start inhaling again? Like all I can think about is the inhale when I'm getting to the bottom of an Mm -hmm. exhale. And so here we are, it's like buy stuff, visit with people. And, And the whole idea, I think really of holidays is to bring the warmth in, like you were talking about, Mm -hmm. stoking that inner fire, celebrating the end of a season, of a cycle of seasons, right? And just sitting with each other and like creating small community and bring, again, bringing in that inner, that warmth inside, inside your home, inside your community. And, um, you know, in the true American fashion, it's become this whole blown out like season of events. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so I know. It'll be very interesting. Actually, this year, like I know a lot of people are lamenting the fact they can't be with family, they can't travel, they can't do all this stuff. But really, like also the underside of that is I think a lot of people dread the idea of having to like travel and expand when they know they're supposed <gasps> to be contracting. So uh-huh. it'll be very interesting to see how the this holiday season plays out and and you know people are really focusing on their well-being hopefully um you know really focusing on like keeping close to home and keeping things small you know i I, i'm very interested to see what happens um so I love that you're talking about that and, <laughs> and, and just nourishing things. I have to say, I go to bed at nine and I wake up at six. So Me happy. Too. Yeah. I'm like, feels good. yeah, my kid wakes up at five 30. So like, if I don't go to bed at nine, then I'm pissed when he's up, you know? <laughs> so, um, and so, and I just, I just actually bought this, um, these blue light blocking glasses for nighttime, which I had them in the mm-hmm. day, but, and they just came in last night and I was, I put them on and it's like, all of a sudden my entire head just relaxed. And then, and, and I tried to take them off and I was like, oh, hell no. I mean, even just the lighting, you know, and I oh, use yeah. like low level lamps, like my entire house is curated in lamps, you know, cause I hate overhead lighting <laughs> and I'm still like, I put these glasses on and I'm walking around. I'm like, oh my God, it's like a whole new world. <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. You know, I've actually never tried blue light blocking glasses, but I, I feel like I need to, I feel like that needs to happen. Oh yeah. Especially in the winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so the um the brand that I used is called Swanwick and um I actually got the idea from um Jenna Longoria who's going to be on our we I just interviewed her but she's her episode's not airing till the beginning of January, but she was talking about it in relation to hormonal health. And so I was like, okay, fuck it, I'm going to buy some. And so <laughs> I bought some and they just came in and it, it's like I, I can't even imagine wearing not wearing them at night ever again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to try it out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The nighttime pair. They're so great. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, so that's great. So let's talk about like skincare though, or like skin and not even like necessarily product, but like mm-hmm. caring for the skin in this definitely. seasonal transition. Definitely. And you can talk about product or, or, or like however you do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I address it internally and Mm -hmm. I mean, externally, I feel like when it comes to the skin, I mean, 95% of healing is going to come from what we do internally and internally, a great majority of that is, you know, what we're doing with our mindset too, which we could dive into, but I feel like only 5% is like what we put on our face. It's important. It makes a difference. It can actually make things worse or better. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a very small part, but during the winter, so as things are getting colder, drier, our skin naturally tends to, to dry out. And uh, maybe I'm taking a little kind of deep detour here, um, but that happens to our skin 
throughout the day and throughout the month. I don't know if you yourself notice, like my skin feels different at different times of the day, at Mm -hmm. different times of like where I am in my cycle, and then in different times of the season. And that's Mm -hmm. so interesting because that reflects, and same with all our other symptoms and things going on, but that reflects the um the cycles of of nature too not only do we have these seasonal shifts but we have our circadian rhythm so we have shifts in our hormones in what our neurotransmitters are doing whatever everything in our body what it's doing throughout a 24-hour cycle what it's doing throughout a, t- a moon cycle a 28-day cycle um and then seasonally and then annually it's so like there's a lot of of rhythms in nature and so our skin reflects this and it's important to kind of listen to that too so where you are in a season it's winter or will be winter where you are in your cycle your skin might be drier or more oily so listening to that where you what happens to your skin throughout the day if there are certain times of the day that that you have certain changes that's a good indicator of like what to how to move forward with working but um, when it comes to internal work for the skin so when we go into winter, our skin dries out. It's really important to stay hydrated. And I know that Mm -hmm. sounds crazy. You're like, no, it's not the summer. Our summer, I lose all my moisture. Well, with the dry air that attracts that pulls moisture out of your system or out of your skin. So we need to create a really nice barrier on our skin for moisture to stay there. So if we have a barrier that the moisture stays there and we can um, create that by optimizing our nutrition. And I have like a whole, um, I actually did a recent uh, Instagram post and a blog post all about like optimizing hydration without drinking. Like, you know, people are often told, oh, you need to drink like eight glasses of water a day. Okay. Not everybody does. Um, There Mm -hmm. are ways to make sure that the water gets into your cells, your skin cells, all the cells and tissues of your body in a more efficient way other than just chugging water and making your kidneys work really hard. Mm -hmm. So um, if you have dry skin, you might have dry eyes, you might have dry lips or constipation or any of these other symptoms, even brain fog, fatigue can be a sign of being uh, chronically dehydrated and a lot of us are. Mm -hmm. But when you have dry skin, of course, that's going to make it more permeable to like anything allergenic or irritant, and that can worsen acne if you have acne prone skin or eczema or um, rosacea even. Um, So optimizing hydration and uh, what I like to do, so just kind of some, some tips for optimizing hydration. So first thing in the morning, eight to 12 ounces of plain water on an empty stomach. Um, You can add a squeeze of lime or lemon if you want in there. Um, Just making sure you're getting enough water first thing because we lose a lot while we sleep. And then another thing that I do, and I tell almost everyone to do this, is to add trace minerals Mm -hmm. or a pinch of sea salt to water because those minerals are going to drive the water into the cells. Um, We need the the minerals in order to keep our water metabolism working the way it should. Mm -hmm. And um, also drinking filtered water can be really helpful too because any any. Anywhere you're getting environmental toxins from, whether it's your water and from your environment, is going to put a strain on your body to metabolize and get rid of those toxins. And we have to get it out the kidneys is one way. So it, you, we lose water by having to metabolize more toxins. So, you know, avo- avoiding excess alcohol even though during this season that can be really hard when we're you know engaging with lots of people. Um, perhaps this season, right? <laughs> bone broth is, and I know maybe if you are, but bone broth is another thing that I really love. I think that's a great way. So soups, stews, bone mm-hmm. broth. It has tons of minerals, nutrient dense. That's going to help optimize your hydration. Mm-hmm. Um, so besides hydration, another internal thing that uh, we, we could all benefit from is sometimes our internal fire needs some help. Um, we expend our fire in numerous ways during the season in ways that you know probably aren't the healthiest. And so tending that inner fire um, with herbal medicine can actually be quite nice. So mm-hmm. I, I like to use pungent herbs or circulatory stimulants think chai spices, right? We have chai mm-hmm. during the season for a reason. It's so warming to the system. It's going to warm the fire of your stomach, but then it's also going to fusely warm um, your circulation. So increase circulation to your skin, which can help um, maintain skin health and moisture. Any other sort of warming herbs like rosemary, even turmeric, cayenne, if you're into that, it was, is really nice. And things like ginger, like having hot ginger tea during this time of year can be really nice for skin health internally. And um, yeah, so hydration, warming herbs, and then lastly, internally, I think, you know, making sure we're getting enough healthy fats this season. So hopefully we're eating all our hearty foods, really making sure we're eating those nutrient or those um, healthy fat rich foods like avocados or fish or um, the bone broth or nuts, seeds, you know, um, ghee is a really great thing that I like to incorporate during the season. So that can be really hydrating from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to go back to the water thing because 
I put trace minerals and sea salt in my water. And when I first, when somebody initially was like, you need to try trace minerals. And I was like, okay. And then I looked at the price tag and I was like, 25 bucks for a bottle of trace minerals. But girl, it has changed my life. And like, I literally, (laughs) I'm like next to CBD, we've got Uh trace minerals, you know? Oh no. Yeah. I feel like when I drink water and this, I mean, I know this is going to sound really bougie of me y'all, but whatever. When I drink water that doesn't have trace minerals in it, it feels empty. I'm like, this is like, yeah, I know. she's like it's, pointing it's, to her glass of yeah, water. I got my glass of water. It has trace minerals. <laughs> it it's it tastes like it's so nourishing. Like it's so nourishing. It tastes like milk almost. Like I don't drink yes. dairy or cow milk uh-huh. anymore, but um, it tastes like it has like this milk taste to it. Some people totally. are like, oh, it's really bitter, and I'm like, it tastes nourishing to me. Like I crave yes. it. It's like th- it makes the water like have substance. Like it's thicker mm-hmm. almost. You know, it's there's something very interesting about it. And then putting the sea salt in it, it's um. You know, initially I I had to figure out my ratios, you know, and kind of Mm -hmm. figure out how to stir it up and like do whatever. Uh, It just depends. Sometimes I have the fine soy salt and sometimes I have the not so fine. (laughs) So anyway, but um, y'all, if you haven't tried that yet, like seriously, I know Liz would be, if Liz was on here, she'd be praise (laughs) handsing this too. She'd be like, get your sea salt in your water. Uh, But it really will like make such a difference. And now Fox is even like, he he only wants water with trace minerals in it. And I'm like, okay, well. It's amazing. (laughs) how much of a difference like something simple like that can make to your health I mean I notice it too it changes my energy I have more mental clarity um, you know brain fog like all those kind of like you know vague symptoms that sometimes we get when we're just kind of not up to par I feel like that just addresses all of them but I I literally don't take any supplements regularly aside Mm -hmm. from putting trace minerals in my in my my water it's essential it is it really is and and like Again, I know not everybody can afford it, but if you can, it's totally like worth it. And, you know, with the lack of mineral rich food in the world these mm-hmm. days, like it's a really in, in with water being so processed, like it's a really great way to just integrate more minerals that your body is like craving. Like yeah. I find that if I don't have trace minerals in my water, like if I'm just filling up my water cup and then like going about the day. I'm drinking water, but it's not an efficient use of water intake. <laughs> no, I don't know if you notice this, but I actually urinate more okay. when I don't have the trace water, trace yes. minerals in it. And then if I drink the trace mineral water, it's like my body absorbs it and, and uses it. Yes. It's like, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So that, and then warming, um, warming foods. I, I am such a big fan of like pungent spice, even though like my mm-hmm. mouth doesn't really want pungent, but my body does. <laughs> so I, I just find like interesting ways to inter- incorporate it, but I love that. And broth is really great for, mm-hmm. for the vegetarians and vegans out there. Do you have some specifics that you can talk about? You can just do veggie broth. I yeah. mean, it's not going to have the same like collagen, but all collagen is, is amino acids. And you can get that from, from, you know, some, if you have a really nutrient dense veggie broth, you know, that's still going to give you some of those backbone, um, uh, substances that you need in your body too. So that can be really good. Bueller's broth there's a Bueller's broth is another really good option. Mm-hmm. So it kind of has zucchini and celery and, um, carrots and other kind of green things that, that you can blend together to make a really nice, uh, pureed veggie soup. And that's, that can also be really helpful too. I love that. Yeah. We save all of our veggie scraps and, you know, we do like kind of a rotation of, you know, like beef bone, chicken and Mm -hmm. veggie. And I mean, again, we try to use everything that we can that we, from like nose to tail, but um, I mean, I don't eat pig nose, but anyway, (laughs) I might, (laughs) I don't think I've ever had the opportunity. I don't don't think I I ever have either. Uh, but yeah, and this, uh, the, the last thing was, um, let's see, what was the last one now that, uh, oils. So really oils. oils are, oils are going to be what makes up your cell membrane. And if you don't have a healthy cell membrane, your cells aren't able to uptake and hold on to the water as effectively. So when you have mm-hmm. healthy fats, you have a healthy interaction between the fat and the water. So your skin needs healthy fats. It needs water, but it needs both of them. Do you find that or do you know, like if you're consuming healthy fats, it is helping with your actual skin moisture barrier. Mm-hmm. It's helping put that or repair that and keep it intact. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Keeping okay. it intact. That's, that's the key because that's, that's going to be what can contribute or exacerbate, um, inflammation because things can get in there mm-hmm. and, and lead to like this inflammatory reaction. So yeah. Yeah. That can yeah, be helpful. I've, uh, one of my colleagues at beauty counter calls it, it's like leaky gut of the skin when you're exactly you know. yeah leaky skin yes <laughs> yeah so like yeah I have leaky skin so and then there's ways <laughs> to repair the moisture barrier but also to support the moisture barrier you want healthy fats lots of really like really quality water intake mm-hmm. so not lots of water there's a difference between quality definitely. water intake <laughs> definitely water. it's all about the quality not the quantity when it comes mm-hmm. to hydration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that um so I think we're kind of right right at the end of our time. But um, before we leave, we really like to leave our listeners with a takeaway. So, and then an action item, um, because we don't want people to just like in, like take in all this information and then not do it. So, yes. <laughs> and of course, like every, you know, it's, it's, it's like bio-individual dependent mm-hmm. and whatnot. But so like, give us some takeaways, like how are we going to move through December, nourishing our body and making it through the holidays, not just making it through, but like feeling nourished and revitalized. Yeah, that is a great, that is a great question. And I think when we come through this season, most of us in some capacity, no matter how healthy we are, there's always some symptoms that come up and come up for us. And so, you know, when I, when I talk to people about healing, I always say that like 95% is mindset and 5% is strategy, right? So that 95%, like, do you believe that you can heal? Do you believe that your body is, is wise and is doing what it needs to do to help you and, 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 and put you on this healing path. And then the 5% is like your strategy of like, what am I doing for my self-care? What am I doing to, to help myself heal any supplements or nutrition, any of that, but it's that, that belief. And, um, I don't know if you've ever read the book, the biology of belief by Bruce Lipton. He's a, he's a PhD. Uh, That was one of the first books I read before I started naturopathic school. And it really ingrained in me this thought that like belief is everything. Like any of our thoughts, our emotions affect ourselves and their health. And it's kind of like your mind is like your coach for your whole Mm -hmm. body. And, um, so as we go through winter and sometimes this season for some people flares up certain symptoms or maybe even uh, mood disorders or any of that, but just having that faith and that trust and knowing that your body is fully capable of, of healing um, is just so incredibly important and um, reminding yourself of that every single day because the mindset piece, a healthy mindset is totally key for healing, whether it's any, any symptoms or acne. Um, but I'll give a, I'll give a little takeaway for those who might be struggling with acne. I love, love, love incorporating you know, emotional healing with acne, because that's a huge part of, uh, working through that healing process. And as we go through winter time, you know, there might be some more time left at home. So there's more time to do some of these self-care things, but here's one self-care thing that you can do. So as you're, as you're doing your evening or your, you know, morning skin routine, you know, put the cream, whatever it is on your hands and, and touch your face and then really feel the warmth of your hands on your face. And so as you're rubbing that cleanser or that moisturizer into your skin, just imagining like the, the warm, loving, healing touch of your hands, like moving through and just repairing and healing all of those skin cells and knowing that just that touch alone is, is healing is, is, Mm. is quite, quite a great mindset booster. Mm -hmm. But as you, as you touch your skin, you can give yourself any sort of affirmations of like, I'm nourishing my skin. Um, I love and accept myself the way I am. I love and accept my skin and, and the way it is. And if you do that morning and evening, even just for a week, I can tell you that there will be a dramatic shift in how you feel about your skin and your acne, it's, it's incredible, just those, those simple tools and how that changes our perspective. So I know that's not directly related to the winter season, but hopefully this winter season, we have a little bit more time for self-caring and incorporate things like that. I love that so much. I mean, it, I think it is, you know, like in the sense that this is a time where often we're thinking about everybody else, but ourselves mm-hmm. and what a lovely way to just focus some internal energy on yourself. And And I used to be like the person who was like, oh, I don't want to, I'm not going to like give myself affirmations or whatever until I started teaching hypno babies and changing language around everything. I mean, the connotation that our subconscious mind has with the language that we use for ourselves and the language that we're receiving is Mm -hmm. so powerful. Like I think really beyond our comprehension, even when when we know, you know, (laughs) and so really just having that physical touch, I think also we're not really 
taught as a culture to like touch ourselves in a loving way. Mm -hmm. And that, that feels that's like nourishing and loving. Uh, there's some like weird blockages there or it feels woo. (laughs) Oh yeah. And it doesn't have to just be the skin. Like if you have menstrual issues, like place warm hands on your womb space and sit Mm -hmm. with that and just offer your compassion to the womb space. And if it's your heart, like touch your, your bare chest and and feel that loving and like wherever it is in your body, like give that energy back to yourself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that like allow your mind to just unlock to the potential that that can Mm -hmm. bring. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. So, um, I know there's like a billion more things we can talk about (laughs) and luckily you have created a really wonderful online resource. So tell everybody where they can find you. Absolutely. So they can look at my website, wildrootsalchemy.com. I have a blog um, section on there. There's also a a page they can go if they want to look more into working with me um, virtually. Um, That whole website is going to get a redesign soon that I'm really excited for. So I'll let you know on Instagram when that finally happens. But you can find me on Instagram at Curtis. Um, I post pretty often anything related to women's health, um, hormones, acne, all of that. I also talk a lot about herbalism and I'm a little into astrology. So that pops up from time to time. So awesome. find me there. I'd love to have you. Yes. Yeah. We'll link that all in the show notes y'all. So, all right. And then I just want to let everybody out there know, um, thank you for listening one. And, uh, if you like what you heard today, which how could you not, um, leave us a voicemail. Well, uh, we have the link in the uh, show notes for that. Jump on Instagram. Tell us what you think. Um, you know, have follow-up questions because I know we'd love to have Shannon back. And thank you so much, Shannon, for being here. We really appreciate your time and energy and all your knowledge and everything that you brought to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. It was so good being here. I'd love to come back. This is a great talk. Yeah, great. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>